listening to the Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the program. Does anyone have any jokes? Anybody? Anything? I was going to talk about the Trudeau thing, but then I looked at my calendar and realized I have more pressing issues. I got to figure out what to wear for Halloween this year. What do I go as? I'm so confused. Oh my goodness gracious me. What a day on the campaign trail. And I was just about to start talking about how boring this thing was getting. And away we go to the races. You know, I don't know what to make of all of it. And over the next hour, we're going to talk to people who might have a better idea. People of color, liberals, strategists, and you. Where does this all end up? Sure, you're mad, you're disappointed. If you're a partisan, you're saying, told you so. But where does it all end up? We're going to dig into that this hour. Let's first, though, begin with that extraordinary press conference on the plane last night. Because, you know, back in 2001, apparently, according to Mr. Trudeau, we didn't know that coloring your skin a different color to play someone who is racialized for the entertainment of others was offensive. Is that correct, Mr. Trudeau? This is part of what he had to say on the plane last night. He was saying, this is something that I did not know was wrong. It was something that uh, I didn't think was racist at the time, but now I recognize um, it was something racist to do, and I am deeply sorry. So now we know. I will tell you, just in terms of background, I know Vancouver very well. I worked there. It was where I began my broadcasting career. In 1991... When I moved to Vancouver, I flipped on the television, and there was the meteorologist, or I guess he was just the weather forecaster before we began calling them such things, and it was Halloween, and the weather guy usually dresses up on Halloween. You see this all the time. And this person, this particular broadcaster, was dressed as a Rastafarian with blackface and dreadlocks giving the weather forecast. And I can tell you that that weather forecaster went on to have a long career over the next number of years when I was working in Vancouver. So in 1991, it was not offensive. In 2001, well, let me back that up. In 1991 in Vancouver, it was not considered to be offensive enough to lose your job over. In 2001... Did that change? Or is it actually a different issue? Is the issue here something that has been uncovered by Global News? Namely, a third now incident of blackface, one that the Prime Minister did not disclose. Here's Mercedes Stevenson. We're trying to find out exactly what was happening here and why he was in blackface, although there really is no politically acceptable answer for that in 2019. So it's certainly going to be a difficult day for the Liberal leader now that he has to explain not one incident, but three that have become public. 
No kidding, that is Mercedes Stevenson reporting about this third video that Global News has uncovered and is reporting exclusively today. And all of that is especially problematic when you consider this answer from Mr. Trudeau last night. Do you want to tell Canadians about any other instances where you were concerned that you were racist or that you had black face around I think uh, I think it, it's it's been plenty. Uh, the fact of the matter is that I've I've always uh, and you'll know this been uh, more enthusiastic uh, about costumes uh, than uh, is somehow uh, is sometimes appropriate. Uh, but uh, uh, these are the situations that uh, that uh, I regret deeply. Is it the only two, or there are more? These are the situations I regret deeply. These are the situations I regret deeply. And then in the middle of that, Mr. Trudeau falling victim to his very own worst instincts. I am more enthusiastic about costumes than I should be or that is appropriate? This is not the time for levity. I thought we discussed this, Mr. Prime Minister. Take responsibility, he says. Well, here is Global's chief political correspondent, David Aiken. And I enjoy this because whenever you get to hear David Aiken say the words doo-doo, it's fun. He, he appeared to me as if he was, he knew he was in a world of uh, doo-doo, if you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, he was trying to be as serious as he could. Except for the joke about the costumes. And has he taken responsibility, Justin Trudeau? Here's David Aiken again. He said, I've taken responsibility for my actions. So we immediately asked, oh, what does that mean? If that was a candidate, that candidate is an ex-candidate today. And why must we all be having conversations? Why must we have conversations because of Justin Trudeau's actions? He calls for important conversations with all those candidates and uh, real staking, taking stock in the path forward. And I'm having conversations with, with uh, my colleagues, with fellow candidates, and I'm going to be continuing to having conversations uh, with Canadians about this and about many other things that we're uh, hoping to work together on positively. What is it with the Liberals and conversations? Kathleen Wynne, always about the conversations. Here we are, Justin Trudeau. I don't think this is a conversation that, you know, the voters need to have. With Mr. Trudeau, clearly he has to have this conversation with members of his own caucus, his cabinet, his party. Here's Supriya Devetti, co-host of The Morning Show on AM640, with some real truth-telling here and predictions about where the real trouble now lies for Trudeau. I would suspect there's going to be some pushback from caucus. I would think cabinet may or may not um, already, I think if there are going to be cracks, we would have heard about them overnight. Um, but yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of tough conversations. And I mean, Mr. Trudeau better practice that apology because you're going to have to do it again and again and again and again. Five more weeks of this, folks. Five weeks of this. The pummeling he will take. It will not stop. What has the reaction been from liberals? Well, I'll give you one. Here's a tweet from Ontario Liberal leadership contender Mitzi Hunter. What Justin Trudeau did was wrong. He has apologized. I know it is not representative of the man he is. This is a teachable moment for all of us. I accept his apology, and I hope Canadians do too. Itsy Hunter, by the way, is a woman of color, a former cabinet minister in the Ontario government, and as I said, 
a contender for the leadership of the Ontario Liberal Party. I reached out to Mitzi Hunter's people today, asked her on this program. They said that she will be making a longer statement later today. So stay tuned for that. So there is support there. And Trudeau says he's going to spend the day talking with his team. He will be speaking to the media later this afternoon. Stay with us here on Global News Radio for that. Obviously mending fences, but the pointed question to Mr. Trudeau is considering what we are seeing, why should he be able to stay? Why should you be allowed to stay? Um, I'm going to be uh, asking Canadians to forgive me for what I did. I shouldn't have done that. I take responsibility for it. It was a dumb thing to do. I'm disappointed in myself. I'm pissed off at myself for having done it. I wish I hadn't done it, but I did it. And I apologize for it. I counted three I'm pissed off at myself last night. And I'm wondering how effective that was. Obviously, that was shopped. You know that. I was like, well, how do we respond to it? Go Beto O'Rourke on this. Swear. That's what you do. Drop a little P.O. A Canadian, you know, version. Don't go F-bomb. Just go P.O.'d. Try that. That'll play. And speaking of communications, well, how long have we known about this, Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Trudeau's team? And why is it, if you knew about it, that you didn't get out in front of it? Why didn't you tell people sooner? This is, uh, this is a, a, a time where we're focused on moving forward as a, as a country and we're continuing to fight. Why didn't you tell people sooner? I'm talking about it now. I don't, I don't think that answers the question. Why did you not say something sooner? I mean, clearly this has been an issue in the press. We have seen this take down politicians in the United States. It is clearly something that you think, well, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Remember that thing? I Remember that? Okay, one more chance, Mr. Trudeau. When did your team know about this? When did you tell your team that you had done this? When did you let them know? Uh, we've had uh, conversations about this over the past uh, over the past while. But the reality is uh, that we are going to continue to, to focus on fighting discrimination and racism tell, as a person. You didn't tell them about this until, until recently. I talked about it recently, yes. I talked about it recently, and that is as close as we get to it. Obviously, there will be more opportunities to grill Justin Trudeau from the press, and those will come up today. But this is making headlines, obviously not here, but around the world. I want to play for you a little bit of the Today Show in conversation with Ann Thompson, who is an NBC News reporter, and her analysis on what's happening north of the border for them. So, Ann, the the election coming up, if I'm not mistaken, just over a month from now, how much of an impact could this scandal have on Trudeau's chances? Well, it's going to have a big impact because a lot of his support comes from minority groups in Canada, um, particularly the Sikh community and the Muslim community, and both of whom this morning have said that they are disappointed and they felt that what he did is insulting to their communities. So he's got a lot of mending fences to do here. Um, In Canada, they only have 40 days for a campaign, unlike our country. So the election will be on the 21st. So he's got about a month to make up, um, to apologize and to see if Canadians will forgive him. That is Ann Thompson on the Today Show as the Trudeau poor choice of costumes makes news right around the world.
Welcome back to the program as we continue to discuss blackface and brownface. And obviously, I'm trying to dig into that a little bit further. And to my understanding, and obviously, I am not a man of color, not a person of color, but I think that just we should just be calling it blackface. Brownface seems to soften it. it. Blackface, to me, indicates when a Caucasian person darkens their skin in a way to play a character for the amusement of others. And I that I, perhaps I'm wrong, but I believe that, that we should just, let's just settle on that, blackface. But here is, again, the prime minister last night offering this in, a, in way of apology. I'm pissed off at myself. He's just pissed off at himself. Coming up, I want your take on it, and I want your take on the politics of it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. What does it mean for the politics? What does it mean for where the votes go? Because at the end of the day, that's part of what we're talking about. Obviously, we're having other conversations about whether how appropriate this was and, and whether we believe the prime minister or whether we believe Justin Trudeau. But what does it mean for the progressive vote if it does split the progressive vote? Or does it at all? All right, your your call's coming up on that. But I want to quickly talk about vaping because we had a situation yesterday that we just have to pay attention to, and that is namely the first diagnosis of vaping illness in the country of Canada. A teenager who had to be put on uh, intubation, on life support at one point because it was so serious, and now eight health organizations are calling for urgent action from the federal government to treat vaping like smoking. They want the feds to move and move quickly. Yesterday in Ontario, the health minister moved to try and get more information from hospitals that must now provide information to the ministry about what's going on. But now how much has the first diagnosis in Canada changed things for the government? Here is Christine Elliott, Ontario's Minister of Health. Well, I would say that um, it, it's concerning, of course, but it is something that we have been reviewing for some time, for uh, several months, uh, watching what's been happening in the United States with the, uh, the cases of uh, vaping-related uh, serious pulmonary illness. And uh, we've, been, we've pulled together a panel of experts to study it, but that uh, we are bringing forward the order, the ministerial order that I made today, to require all public hospitals to provide us with um, data, statistical information um, about any incidents of these illnesses or any other issues that they are seeing relating to vaping. I understand that you just can't simply move to just ban a product without the evidence and that you need the evidence first, but the question must be, this is not coming out of nowhere. Why are we only starting now? And will the minister consider an immediate ban on at least flavored e-cigarettes? That's what some American jurisdictions have done already. Michigan has done it. Uh, New York is looking at it very seriously. Will the minister do that? Uh, we We are moving forward with this entire matter as an issue of priority for the government. Um, I don't want to do uh, sort of single solutions here and there. I want to make sure that we take a comprehensive approach to this. But we will consider anything that is going to protect the health and safety of our young people. That is Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, Ontario's Minister of Health. And to the minister, I put this question. Some have suggested this is a health crisis. If we are studying 
if we are looking at it, if we are concerned about it, when are we going to see action? Well, it is a matter of priority for many people. I'm not sure that I would call it a crisis, but it does need to be dealt with um, urgently. And so the collection of this data from public hospitals isn't going to be something that's going to happen for months and months and months before any action is taken. I know that our panel of experts needs this information to be get started on their work and to continue to monitor it. So it, it is a matter of priority for the, uh, the, the panel of experts, for our chief medical officer of health, for the uh, the people who run our public health units, uh, for me as minister and people in the ministry. We are all working together on this and because we know that many people are quite concerned about it. That is Christine Elliott, Ontario's Minister of Health, talking about the vaping issue. Let's get back to the big issue of the day, of course, in your calls on the political ramifications on what was revealed last night and again today. Last night, of course, from Time magazine, the photo of Justin Trudeau in blackface. And then after his revelation, his personal revelation that that wasn't the only time he had done that, he'd done it one time previously in high school, he said. Now Global News has uncovered a third instance of all of that. What does it mean politically? Your call's coming up in just one second at 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. But I want to go to Jugmeet Singh, who was asked this. When it comes to the debate night, Mr. Singh, will you be able to shake the hand of Justin Trudeau, considering what you have just seen? It's a difficult thing to, to think about. You know, how do you respond to somebody? How do you how do you look someone in the eye that's that's mocked the lived reality that I've lived, but more importantly, that so many Canadians have lived? Um, I think he's got a lot to answer for. He has a lot to answer for. Will Mr. Singh actually snub him? Not shake his hand? Not accept the apology? We have weeks and weeks of this to go. And I want to ask this question, where will the progressive vote go? Because if you look at the electoral map, and let's look at this and look at it from a statistical point of view, from the numbers, because that's what we deal with here at the end of the day. It's the numbers. It's the ballots that count. And in the inner cities, let's just take Toronto. You know that a large portion of the city simply will not vote conservative. But if this, what's happened with Mr. Trudeau, really splits the progressive vote, the center, the center-left vote now goes all kinds of different ways. Suddenly, we may be looking at a much different electoral landscape. Craig is in Innisfil and is on the line. And Craig, you don't think this is a big deal, but... Not just the big deal. Do you think it's going to have an impact on the outcome of this election? Oh, it's not that I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think I, I think anyone by the time they get to 50 has done something or said something that they probably wish they hadn't. And that being said, that the, the progressive left has decided to, these are the kinds of swords they want everyone else to fall upon. So you have to be prepared to fall upon your own sword if you want everyone else to do the same. But where does the vote go? Because you would understand that there are going to be people who would just say, I cannot, like Mr. Singh says, I will not under any circumstance support a conservative government. So therefore, if you're a progressive voter like like that and you voted liberal before, are you going to go NDP? I think liberals will still vote for him. They do not care. 
All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. That's Craig in uh, Innisville. Brian is uh, in Grimsby. And Brian, your thoughts on the outcome, the actual impact on the election? Uh, oh, I, I think definitely bruised him for sure, especially after uh, uh, recently there, that, uh, that Netflix show and stuff. He's been getting kind of pummeled, but I, the first thing I thought, I'm not really qualified to comment on the on the, the racism of it. I, I'm like a white guy named Brian, so I, did, I never lived that. <laughs> Run to I, that, Brian. Embrace yeah, it. But what I can say is, and maybe because I had heard criticism earlier in the week about uh, how he was with uh, Andreescu, people had said he was too close to her. Uh, anyways, that... But to me, the, the way he's, like, draped over the young woman in the picture, too, and I'm not sure if that was his girlfriend at the time. He said um, last night it was just a, a woman that he knew. Yeah. All right, Brian, I appreciate that. Thanks very much. Yeah, some people making a point that, well, wait a second, here's another instance of a guy a little too touchy-feely, a little too close. Uh, interesting there. Now, Bill, I want to go to you in Oshawa, and, Bill, you, you say it doesn't doesn't matter? Does it matter to the outcome of the election? I'm not too sure. You know, the thing is, the left, they're so ignorant, and they're so... The only standard that the left has is double standards. And, you, you, you know, they, they attacked Sheer last week for um, going against gay marriage uh, back in 2005. All right, well, hold on, Bill. I, I can see where you're coming from politically, but I want to move the question back centrally to this. If the liberal vote is going to move away, is going to move away from Trudeau, where does it go? Good question. You know, maybe there'll be uh, voter apathy. Maybe you get. Maybe they stay home. You 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 might get some going to NDP, and then we we still have twenty four percent undecided. So uh, maybe at that point, you know, if people haven't realized uh, how. Okay, Bill, we're losing you. Thank you very much. We got to run anyway, but fascinating to think about the actual politics because you know we get we get tied up, and I think we should. We we you know I made fun of the whole conversations thing, but we should have conversations about if, why, and when, and all of these. But when we look at what's the outcome, what's the impact on the vote, I don't think there's any consensus yet. Welcome back. A beautiful day outside. Don't feel so bad about yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself up so much. I'm pissed off at myself. Unless you're the Prime Minister. Then, please go ahead. Coming up, more analysis and insight to what's happened and what's been revealed on the campaign trail. But I want to begin with a little bit of health news. Experts are now forecasting that there's going to be a severe flu season and are urging people to get the flu shot. But how about this? Did you hear this? There is new research now that says that antibacterial hand sanitizer you keep using is possibly not all that effective. Perhaps you're putting that strawberry-flavored goo on your hands for no good reason. Here is Dr. Jennifer Ashton. 
interesting study done out of Japan. They compared the use of alcohol-based hand sanitizers to regular soap and water hand hygiene in terms of its efficacy to kill the influenza virus. Mm -hmm. And what they found was that the germs on the hand actually have to be dried for the alcohol-based hand sanitizers to work at maximum efficacy. We have to remember flu is transmitted via droplets, hand sanitizers. Mm -hmm. If it's the only thing you have, still use it. Man, I'm pissed off at myself for buying so much hand sanitizer. I'm just, I'm just generally pissed off. I'm pissed off at myself? Exactly. Exactly. Tim Hortons has announced it's going to phase out Beyond Meat products in most jurisdictions. The Beyond Burger will still be available for a limited time nationally, but it's going to be phased out, except for in Ontario and British Columbia where all the vegans are populated, you see. It's where the vegans are, that's why. Whereas the rest of the country, turns out, are not actually beyond meat. No. Our next two guests are going to provide some analysis for us, some perspective on what's going on in the campaign trail. Omar Khan is Vice President of Public Affairs at Hill & Knowlton Strategies, and Shane McKenzie is from Insight Canada. Both would be considered liberals, and we'll begin with Mr. Khan. Omar, what did you make of Mr. Trudeau's apology? Was it sufficient for you personally? That would be a no, I think, That's, or a dial tone. Uh, Shane McKenzie, are you with us? What did you make of the apology? And I'm going zero for two. So let's play then this from Justin Trudeau. Asked point blank... With what he did and what has been revealed, was that racist? Was this photo racist in your opinion? Yes. Yes, it was. I didn't consider it uh, a racist action at the time, but now we know better. Now we know better. Did we know better in 2001? For those who are keeping score, that is the current millennium. 2001. It's funny, as I flip through Twitter today, there's uh, someone who has actually tweeted photos from a law society, a law uh, graduation. Doesn't date exactly when it is, but it shows a whole bunch of people in blackface in a photo. So was it uncommon in 2001? Did we know in 2001? Should you have known? Should you have known as a teacher of kids at a high school? That this is inappropriate? Omar Khan now with us, Vice President of Public Affairs at Hill & Knowlton. Omar, when you listen to what the Prime Minister, what uh, Justin Trudeau said last night, personally, did that apology suffice? Look, um, this is a tough one for me, right? Because I'm a big supporter uh, of a lot of the policy initiatives of Mr. Trudeau and his government that have, you know, that have sought to bring issues around diversity, inclusion, and equal opportunity to the forefront. Um, but, you know, I'll be honest, as a, as a person of color and as somebody who grew up uh, in, you know, in a community in, in Canada in, in the 1980s that wasn't quite as diverse as perhaps it is today uh, and had to deal with being, you know, called the P word, um, uh, you know, not Pakistani, uh, on, on the schoolyard grounds and, 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 you know, sometimes have to deal with you know, feeling ashamed of your skin tone, uh, particularly at those early ages. I know how sensitive this, you know, these things can be for for many Canadians. 
So, you know, I went through a, a number of phases last night when I saw the images. I, you know, phase one being anger, you know, phase two, uh, frustration, because, you know, of course, we're going to be talking about this today and, and for many days to, uh, to come in the campaign. Uh, but then finally, regret, because, you know, I, I, I do know Mr. Trudeau. I've worked with Mr. Trudeau. And I know that he is not uh, representative, uh, he, or, or Trudeau the person is not representative of what comes across in those images. And I don't think he was in 2001 uh, either. Um, I, I don't think that there was any intent uh, to harm. Uh, I think it was a case of bad judgment. Um, and, you know, we are all human and we do make bad judgments from time to time. Uh, but it was wrong. And it was right of him to apologize. Uh, and I think he's going to have to work quite hard uh, for the remainder of this campaign and potentially for the remainder of his political career uh, to regain uh, the trust and to earn the forgiveness uh, of Canadians. Shane, um, Omar, I'll just go to Shane yeah, McKenzie real sure. quickly at Insight. Uh, yeah. and, and, and Shane, your, your perspective uh, politically, he's going to get hammered just relentlessly here on out and and the people who call into this show they they make this point mr trudeau has positioned himself as someone who is above this sort of thing and then there there's a obviously a letdown here and how does he ever get past that yeah well i think first you know as omar said and i think what uh, omar said was very important because we all recognize what he did here was wrong. Uh, he recognized that in his comments, and he's going to be speaking again at 2.15 today, and, and it's likely going to be much of the same. I mean, when we all saw this, it is disappointing, and it's shocking to anyone who uh, has worked with him and knows him, as I and Omar do, and, you know, follow his brand of liberal politics. Expectations were so high set in 2015, and so that's been a challenge on a range of issues for him, where the bar was set so immeasurably high when he launched from third party into government, and the type of politics he has promoted uh, has inspired a lot of people, a lot of people of color, to, to you know join in and help with a lot of these initiatives. And you know the man that uh, we're seeing uh, from his past doesn't really square with that, and that's a big struggle for a lot of people. Um, you know we all know people aren't perfect, but this is really a bit of a doozy. So. Again, I can't personally speak to all those who are affected, uh, you know, as a as a white man, you know, but we're all reconciling this diverse country and how we're going to move forward. And I think, you know, all Canadians are going to be a part of this conversation. It's going to keep going. This is, you know, more questions are going to come up and we're going to all have to talk about our history and our personal mistakes. And I think that, you know, it's really hard because the Justin Trudeau that we know, he respects people deeply and he's reconciling that he hurt people with this. People were uh, affected, and it, it doesn't mesh, but you know, there's a lot of political point scoring going on because we're amidst a campaign. But whether or not we were in an election campaign, this was going to have to be fully addressed whenever this came out, uh, and I think that's what he's trying to do. Shane, thank you so much for being with us, and I'm sorry I'm, I'm almost out of time, but Omar, I just have a final question for you, uh, and that is, can you vote Liberal again this time? Yes, of course, because, because the stakes are, are too high. Uh, you know, clearly this was an error in judgment. I don't think any reasonable person uh, will construe from these pictures that the, the, that the prime minister is a racist. He is clearly not. Uh, and, you know, we have a lot to build upon. Uh, you know, as I stated off the top, his government 
has taken the lead in promoting issues around equal opportunity, diversity, inclusion. But we have more to do. And, and I think what, what this incident has brought to the fore is that we do still have to deal with systemic discrimination in this country. Uh, and I still firmly believe that Mr. Trudeau and his team are, are the ones best positioned uh, to deal with that moving forward. Omar Khan, Shane McKenzie, thank you both for being with us. Welcome back. I don't feel real good about myself today. In fact, I don't know. I, um, I'm pissed off at myself. I'm maybe not that much. But here's the thing as we just dissect and delve into it. And I can't believe we have four and a half more weeks to this of talking about it, but we're going to be. As we talk about this, I, one of the questions that I just cannot, I, can, I have no answer to, which is this thing, this photo was in a yearbook. From 2001 in West Van. How? How is it that this thing has been hidden for this long? And what? It took a Time magazine reporter to break this? What possibly is going on? Now, of course, Global News has now broken a third incident. You may have heard of this, a video. And that is going to be something that the prime minister is going to have to explain. He's going to be holding a press conference this afternoon, I believe just after 2 o'clock our time. And again, the questions will be, well, wait a second. You said yesterday, you know, that these were the two incidents, this one in Vancouver and then the one in high school where he sang Deo, and now we seem to have another one. And if, tell me, I'll tell you one thing. If he goes back for this enthusiasm for costumes line again, I don't think that's going to play all that well. So what is he going to be doing from here on in for another four and a half weeks? This means uh, uh, that I'm going to continue to work very hard to demonstrate to Canadians that uh, I'm always going to try and uh, take responsibility for my mistakes, but always work towards uh, a better future for all Canadians. That's, I have uh, a big day in Winnipeg tomorrow where I'm going to be meeting with Canadians. We're going to continue getting out there across the country and talking about uh, the kind of future we all need to roll up our sleeves and build. There is obviously a problem with me discussing this too much, and that is I am not a person of color. So, I, I mean, I can't effectively say whether or not this is outrageous or not. And I think you have to obviously go to different perspectives on that. And to help me with that, my co-anchor from Global News, Farah Nasser, is on the line. And the host and producer of Cultured right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, Mira Estrada, is also on the line. Thank you to both of you for joining me. Of course. Let's begin, uh, Farah, with you, and I want to play this for you. This is Justin Trudeau last night, and one of his central sort of justifications, although he obviously apologized, but one of his central justifications for what happened. It was something that uh, I didn't think was racist at the time, but now I recognize um, it was something racist to do, and I am deeply sorry. Farah, something racist to do? Let's begin with that. And then secondly, should he have known better in 2001? So I think, uh, first of all, let's just uh, differentiate one thing. So uh, blackface and brownface uh, are not in- interchangeable. They are very different things. And now we have two cases where he's done blackface, one case where he's done brownface. Um, I'm curious to see what he says today at 2 o'clock uh, about the blackface comments. But this is something that has a painful history um, and really upsets a lot of uh, black Canadians seeing this. Um, and I think there's, there's really two sides of this. I mean, some will say, yeah, this happened a long time ago 
but, uh, you know, the prime minister was 29 at the time. He was an educator. And when you think back, I mean, that was around 9-11, around that time. You think that back around that time, um, it still was something that was talked about. There was a play here in Toronto in 1999 that addressed the issue. So it was something that certainly was on the radar back then. Far, let me just uh, interrupt you there, because yeah. I, I talked about this earlier in the program, and I don't have an adequate answer to this, and that is mm-hmm. the difference between blackface and brownface. I'll tell you what my perspective has always been, is that blackface is the term for just simply for changing your complexion as a Caucasian or darkening your, your complexion. And I don't understand the difference between black and brown. I don't think we should be, should we be making that distinction? Well, I think, I mean, brownface, to be honest, I hadn't heard much about brownface. I'd love to hear Mira's perspective on this, but blackface was the thing that we heard. Go ahead, Mira, I'll let you, uh, let you. Mira, take it. Yeah, so I'll take it. So blackface is actually that, it is an actual term that was what was used when black people were actually not allowed to perform on stage or in theaters. White people were actually painting their faces and using exaggerated features to actually make fun and mockery and shaming of black people in particularly because they were not allowing black people to perform and they were actually making fun of them. Like it has a very deep, deep rooted, painful history. And it it has an actual terminology for it. Brown face, I don't even think is a term up until maybe even yesterday. And so, like Farah said, I don't think they should be used um, interchangeably because blackface has a very particularly um, historic roots associated with it. Um, Do you feel, Mira, that brownface somehow lessens the impact if we're saying brown? No, I mean, no and not in that way, too, because the whole point is, is that skin color is not costume. I cannot, I can't take off i can't peel off my skin my skin is part of me it's not a costume and so whereas that is something that he could paint on and take off again that's not something that i can do and i don't have those privileges uh, that come with taking off that skin and being a white person or a white male as as he were um, Mira, I want to play this for you. I want to play another clip from Trudeau last night talking about this is all part of reflections that we all need to have. This is uh, part of the reflections we all have to have on how uh, we judge the mistakes that we've made in the past, how we take responsibility for them, and mostly how we keep moving forward as a society, recognizing that we do need to do more uh, to fight uh, anti-black racism, systemic discrimination, uh, unconscious bias, all these things that uh, are present that I'm certainly not immune from. Um, So I actually love that he said that because uh, um, the we, I think he should have made... Uh, he should have said me because especially as he likes to be the poster boy for all things diversity, multiculturalism, um, I don't know how he does that without talking about his past. Like This was a picture that was in a yearbook. He clearly knows he did this. He didn't just do this once or twice or three times or however many more photos are out there. Um, like He he has to he, he has to, to speak about his past and the mistake he's made. I have so many more questions now. Was there, was he doing accents? What was he doing with his hands? And like, was there other mockery? Like, why did he think it was okay at that time? When did he change his thinking? What made him change his thinking? Like, I have so many more questions and so many more answers that I want from him. And as somebody that claims to be progressive, um, I feel like he should be giving us all of those answers. Farah, as a, as a woman of color, 
the thought of four and a half weekend, four and a half more weeks of this being the reflections that we all must have. I, I'm just wondering what your response or, or your thoughts of that are. I'm tired. I mean, I'm already <laughs> tired. I just I feel like I'm I think a lot of people to everyone are. all the time. And I'm just tired. <laughs> so that's the truth. But uh, having said that, I think there are real educational opportunities here. Um, we're doing a special episode of Living in Color, which is a show that we do here on Global. But I think there's there's a lot of things that people um, that are not from these diverse communities don't understand. And you and also Mira and I are, are brown. We don't we don't even we don't even deal with some of the stuff that you know people in our black community deal with, which is such systemic racism or indigenous communities. So I think there's conversations that need to be had. But there are also people who are out there who are people of color, because we're not a monolith, who are saying that um, this this upsets them, but as does, or maybe more so, is the conservative uh, leader standing beside beside candidates who have allied themselves or have had photographs with, you know, people who are white supremacists, like Faith Goldie. So there's, there's mm-hmm. you know, poking holes in, in pretty much everything that's happening in this campaign. Race, again, uh, continues to be a, a lightning rod. And um, I think there's, there's uh, this conversation certainly needs to be had about blackface, but there's other conversations that need to be had. I saw a headline yesterday that said that some people think that, you know, Canada not ready for a uh, a leader with a turban. Yes, yeah, so a CBC. Uh, it was a CBC yeah. headline that got a lot of blowback, and then of course it was all sort of wrapped into what happened last night. I've got to let you both go. We're out of time. Far up, Mira. Thank you so much for joining me. 